All right, who loves a summer barbecue as much as I do? Listen, if you want to impress everyone with some super yummy dishes, you need ButcherBox in your life. ButcherBox is my go-to subscription box that delivers high-quality meat and seafood to your door with free shipping always. And I'm talking high-quality cuts at an amazing value. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. We are saving so much money every month with ButcherBox over going to the grocery store and buying meat and seafood and saving a lot of time. But get this, last month we saved nearly $200. I also love that ButcherBox curates these tips and recipes that are based on your box so you know what to cook. I made the most amazing steak with a basil sauce the other night. And oh, let me tell you, my friends all raved at how amazing it tasted. I'm definitely going to be pulling that recipe out. If you want great meat and seafood in your life, you need ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com etm and use code etm at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year, plus get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com etm and use code etm. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, I often think about it like looking, trying to watch you, observe yourself like an anthropologist observing a monkey, right? <laughs> and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, look, I like that. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we we do like a monthly review and we're like, oh, look at that. Those monkeys, you know, spent $300 <laughs> at Chick- Chick-fil-A this month. Welcome back to Everyone's Talking Money. I am your host, Shauna Game. And on this show... Yeah, we like to roll up our sleeves. We do the inner work and the outer work that it takes to move you closer to your goals without having you break out into sweat. If you're new here, it is so great to have you. And if you're one of our top supporters, it is so good to have you back. You know, we all are like emotional monkeys that live in the moment when it comes to our money. I mean, have you ever found yourself in the habit of shopping on, let's say, Amazon late at night? only to realize you don't actually need what you just bought? Yeah, I hope I'm not alone in this. (laughs) The good news, according to Val Agostino, the CEO and co-founder of Monarch Money, the modern personal finance management platform, and my personal favorite personal finance management platform, says this is all part of being human. The trick to breaking these money patterns is to become aware of the fact that you are repeating patterns from some emotional spot. So awareness of these money patterns, that is the first step in changing your behaviors. The secret that we discuss in this episode is to get emotionally attached to your goals. This is where the magic lives. So get this, if you can emotionally live in the things you really want, the chances of you achieving that money goal are very possible. And Val is gonna show you how to do this. Okay. Are you ready to start making some small, consistent money behaviors that lead to financial health? I hope so. 
But before we get into the episode, I just want to thank all of my top supporters of the show who have left reviews and shared episodes of Everyone's Talking Money with your friends. It means a lot to me, and it is the reason that I can continue to do this show. And also, just another quick reminder, you get an extended 30-day free trial of Monarch when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. I'll have more of that when I wrap up the episode at the end, or you can head to our show notes. All right, let's start talking. You are the uh, CEO and co-founder of one of my very favorite personal finance apps. If anybody's been listening to this show for a while, they know that I love Monarch. I talk about you guys often and for good reason. There's a lot of things that I think Monarch just makes your life so much easier as a human out there trying to do money. But, you know, Val, I think most of us would agree, right, that budgeting is something that feels hard. It feels um, like a chore that you're having to do. And I think for a lot of people, it feels like, uh, you know, a budget tells you what you can't do in life versus what you can do. But what I really want to talk to you about is, you know, how we can change this narrative and really redefine our, our behaviors and our beliefs around money and budgeting. So this is something that we proactively want to do, that we actually look forward to doing this. But just to kind of start us off, you know, I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on this? Like, where did this social narrative come from that that budgeting, like, it should be painful? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I agree with your sentiment. You know, I, uh, personally, I don't even like the word budgeting. Uh, <laughs> Me I, neither. I think <laughs> we, we tend to call it tracking at, at Monarch. And I, I think that's a better way to, to think about it. Um, you know, budgeting sounds sort of like dieting. It's like, uh, it's, you know, limiting what you can do. It sounds kind of miserable. Um, and, you know, sort of like dieting, it's it's like, hey, I've, I've got to like put myself through this pain in order to achieve some goal. Um, and I think of money as more like energy that you kind of decide where you want to spread it. And, and you can it's just sort of making decisions around what's important to you at, at the time. And so that tends to be how, how we think about budgeting or, or tracking is, Hey, just get clear on what's important to you and try to align your, your spending and your goals with that thing. And then, uh, and, and do it in a place of, of not judging yourself, you know, and once, once you kind of see, where you're headed, then you can make, um, you know, then you can make informed decisions like, okay, is this really how I want to be spending, you know, my money? Just like, you know, you might look at your calendar and say, hey, is this how I, you know, want to be spending my time or, or so on and so forth. So I think part of it is a reframing of, um, you know, if you, if you look at it through this lens of, can I align my money with, with what I want to do in my life, with the things I want to either invest in or achieve or contribute to, whether it's charity, then it starts to feel like a more empowered stance instead of, uh, oh my gosh, you know, I blew my budget again. I'm a bad person. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, we appreciate you, you know, trying to shift the narrative here. We're, we're trying to do the same thing. Unfortunately, budgeting as a term seems to be here to stick. We keep telling everyone we are not a budgeting app, you know, right. we're a we're a financial <laughs> management platform or whatever and you know, 9 out of 10 times we get lumped back into budgeting apps. So I think it's I think we're kind of stuck with it unfortunately. 
Yeah, it's funny. Uh, years ago, uh, I taught at a university in Los Angeles, and most of the students were first generation uh, students. And so the cool thing is they would learn about money and then they would go home and teach their you know, their whole family about money. And one of the things that I used to tell them was how much I hated this word budgeting. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, of course, would all agree. And I, I said, you know, the cool part is like you actually have freedom to change the word into something that right. works for you. And they all looked at me like, what? Like we can do that, you know? And <laughs> yes, yeah. I used to call mine like a travel itinerary for the longest time because my husband and I love to travel. And so it was like the mechanism to help us be able to travel more. Oh, and, great. you know, I, it's funny to like watch the light bulbs go off in people's heads when they realize like they don't have to follow these social narratives right. around, you know, these words that feel so, so kind of heavy and loaded for all of us. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm curious, you know, how do we get out of this judgment based thinking like you you mentioned the word shame. And I think this is something that gets so easily attached to to money. But it's crazy when we're talking about like creating a spending plan or whatever word we want to use there, budgeting, whatever it might be. We're the yep. only ones that actually see that. Right. It's not something that we're, you know, standing on a podium and kind of sharing with the world. But yet we feel very judged for how we spend our money like how do we get out of that that loop yeah it's i mean it's a great question and i think there's most of our behaviors are driven by underlying beliefs right so so part of it is trying to get clear on what are your beliefs around money i mean often that's driven by what kind of situation you grew up as a kid um and and so if you can really question those things and start to acknowledge it, I think you start to see where some of these these patterns go to. And and working with like a financial coach or or you know different CFPs have training in this as well to understand, okay, these are some of the reasons why I feel a particular way about money. And then you can see how that influences your behavior. So I think that's one piece of it. Um, another is just kind of taking a step back and um you know, I often think about it like looking, trying to watch you observe yourself like an anthropologist observing a monkey, right? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, look, I like that. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we we do like a monthly review, and we're like, oh, look at that, those monkeys, you know, spent three hundred dollars <laughs> at Chick Chick Fil A this month. I wonder why they did that, you know. And then you you start to ask these questions, and it kind of removes the judgment uh, piece from it, um, and. Yeah, it uh then you can decide okay is that again is that aligned with our values with what we want to be doing um and and you know was it worth it and sometimes the answer is you know hell yeah it was worth yeah, it yeah like, right know, that was great <laughs> that was an awesome trip or you know we love that we went to that concert or or whatever it may be even if it you know technically like blew the budget and i think that's the important thing is to recognize that you know, at the end of the day, you're here to to live your life. And it's not, um, you know, it's not to like, be a robot and and hit every every number necessarily. Um, so, you know, I would, that's kind of how we look at it is, how do you view it through the lens of, okay, is, is this aligned with our, our values? And, um, and, you know, let's face it, stuff happens, you know, your water heater blows up or your car breaks down or, or whatever. And, and that's just part of life. And I think a f- an effective, let's call it plan, that's how we tend to think of it, you know, an effective plan, build some buffer into your finances, so that you're not 
stressed. Um, and I think for a lot of people, if you can think of this as like having a plan instead of having a budget so that I'm not worried about like unforeseen circumstances and we know, you know, we have an emergency fund if someone loses a job or or whatever, like it, it takes a lot of the stress out of what most households feel, um, you know, around money. And, and that's, and when you're, when people are stressed, they often kind of stick their head in the sand and it's like, Oh, I just don't want to, I don't want to look at this. I don't want to pay any attention to it. Um, and of course that just kind of makes it, makes it worse to some degree. So yeah, I, I believe if we can give people visibility into like a, where they stand financially, what's happening through these tracking tools, you know, like Monarch or, or others, um, and then help them understand, okay, this is like the plan that you're trying to create. And this is why you should have an emergency fund. We see the light bulb kind of goes off for people. And, and then they're like, okay, now I get it. And all of a sudden, you know, A, I'm not so stressed about the unforeseen. B, like my partner and I aren't fighting about money all the time because we're aligned on, on what our goals are and, and that kind of thing. So it's very powerful, uh, but it does kind of require a shift in, in thinking sometimes. Yeah, I want to I want to piggyback on that. I love I love this idea of thinking about it from like a anthropologist perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that can be really helpful. You know, myself I'm a non-practicing anymore certified financial planner and a trauma of money expert. And so one of the things that I really like, and I kind of want to just hammer this home a bit is this intersection between your emotions with money and your yep. actions with money, how those things are very correlated and it's hard to to separate the two which it's crazy to me that most money experts don't spend more yep. time talking about this because instead it's it's a focus on the how to do things and it doesn't actually um there's not as much motivation for for somebody to actually you know take those steps that they need to and i know just you know the thoughts and the feelings have such a big importance on the actions that you take talk talk to us a little bit about this like how do you see uh, you know, our thoughts and feelings about money kind of getting in there and mucking things up a little bit for us to be able to take, you know, the actions that we need to get to where we want to go with our money. Boy, yeah, that's a great question. And it's it's great that you're, you know, digging into the emotional side of it. I agree that that, um, that needs a lot more attention, I think, in our industry. And, and if you look at you know, behavioral economics or whatever, you know, Dan O'Reilly wrote a famous book called Predictably Irrational, um, Mm, which is like, okay, we, you know, we all think we're these rational beings that do what's in our best interest. But again, at the end of the day, we're, we're more like emotional monkeys that (laughs) live in the moments. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's, you know, that's not just money. That's everything. It's, it's fitness. It's, you know, relationships. Yeah. I'm going to stay up all night watching Netflix, uh, even though I know I have an important meeting in the morning. Um, And so you know, that's just kind of part of being a human to some degree. But, but I think the trick is to become aware of the fact that, okay, I'm, I am doing these things, you know, from some kind of emotional spot. It's like, okay, why am I, why am I shop? Why do I keep buying all this stuff? I know I don't need, you know, there's some like emotional need that you're, you're feeling perhaps, and it's, you know, trying to figure out what that thing is, or even just acknowledging, okay, I'm doing that pattern again. Um, you know, of of shopping on Amazon late at night when, you know, I should be sleeping or, or what have you. And, 
you know, that's kind of the first step of, of just acknowledging it. And then you can decide again, okay, is this aligned with, with my goals? And I think once you start to see those patterns, that's kind of the first step in, in making those changes. And again, I'd encourage folks to just kind of be kind with yourself and recognize, okay, you know, nobody's perfect. And that's, that's just part of being a human. Um, and if you can get emotionally attached to the other things and that's, you know, mm, to your goals, right? right? Mm-hmm. I think that's where you start to, then it's just a trade-off. You could say, okay, I want to, you know, I want to buy this new thing on Amazon, but I also want to take the trip to, you know, the beach this spring or whatever. Um, and if you can emotionally live in, in that beach trip in the future, then you can decide like, okay, what am I, you know, what am I put more value in? And we see that a lot is that it helps people. And and that's honestly something where we're overhauling our goal system in Monarch right now. And we're we're thinking a lot about how do we make your goals feel a more emotionally mm, resonant yes. so that you can um you know hopefully stay incentivized and 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 again emotionally engaged in those uh and and stay on track more I have to tell you about my new obsession notion our sponsor today notion has single-handedly changed how I do life for the better I use Notion for all my daily journaling so I can keep it all in one spot. I also keep all our favorite recipes that are budget-friendly in Notion so I can easily sort and find the ones I love and easily create fast grocery lists. And okay, one of the best uses of Notion, you can create a template for your money dates and track your goals right in Notion. Seriously, Notion is a game changer. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but really getting inspired. It's an AI-powered workspace. It turns knowledge into action. You can use Notion to summarize meeting notes and auto-generate action items, get answers to questions in minute, and you can make all of your money tasks so much easier. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, freelance designer, starting a new startup, a student juggling classes and clubs, or just somebody really wanting to get your life together. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters. Notion.com slash etm and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash etm. So tell me, what are your money goals that you have for this year? Maybe you're like me and endlessly looking for a house to buy and you're focused on saving for a down payment or you're drooling over traveling somewhere tropical this year and you want to save to pay for it, or you're ready to leave your job and build your own business. So you're going to need some startup funds. Whatever your goals are this year, Monarch can help you reach them. In fact, the Wall Street Journal named Monarch the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. What I love about Monarch is its simple and easy customizable design, so the dashboard can look exactly the way you want it to. I'm also a big fan of creating custom budgets for things like travel. It's one of my favorite money tips. And Monarch lets you do this so easily. This is such a great way to stay motivated when you've got a lot of money goals. 
you can easily track your progress with every dollar that you save or spend. Remember, your brain loves to see progress and you should celebrate it when you're saving money. And honestly, I am so focused on privacy, so I really admire that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties. This means a lot to me and it should mean a lot to you as well. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of the show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I know I'm a bit biased, but honestly, I think I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust, she is a golden mountain doodle, and she is full of spunk and fun, and she's never met a ball she does not love. I honestly, I would do anything for Winnie, and she has enriched my life so much. I can confidently say Winnie is absolutely one of the most priceless purchases I have ever made. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. In today's world, we insure a lot, from cars and homes to cell phones and even travel plans. But what about insurance for your cat or dog? With ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. This is what I call smart spending because, let's be real, those vet bills, they can be expensive. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program, they've been around for about 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure your pet's plan is unique as they are. Because vet bills, they can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. You use their app to submit a claim, and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTC Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. All right, Val, it's time to play your relationship with money is game. So first question, if you had to describe your relationship to money as a cartoon character, who would it be? I would say Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. I think, yeah. Um, And I just, I don't know. He's he's a little bit like... uh, always pushing the envelope on, on things and, you know, pushing the edges. And, you know, like I said, as, as an entrepreneur, like I've certainly done that most of my life. And uh, yeah, so I, I'd, I'd go with Calvin. Tell me what is one guilty money splurge that you are never given up? Well, we, uh, my family and I live in Colorado. I'd love to, love to snowboard. So we, we go up quite a bit. So that's a big, uh, you know, it's, it's not cheap, but it's something that we all love to do and big reason we moved here. So yeah, that's something we're not giving up. All right. Take us into your inner money thoughts. Is there a central money theme or thought that just kind of always plays on repeat for you? Thought 
for me is like, you know, this idea of alignment, you know, like, are we aligned with our, our goals and our values? And, and that's like, um, yeah, that's kind of the consistent theme. And like I, we said in the call, how do you, how do you do that without judgment you know, on yourself? What's one thing you think we all get wrong when it comes to money? I hate to sound like a broken record, but I, I do think it's this judgment piece, you know, it, it's realizing like, Hey, it's, it's just kind of money's not good or bad, you know, like what you do with it is not good or bad. It's just, you know, a set of decisions. And, and at the end of the day, you have control over those decisions and you can decide, you know, what course your, your money goes in and ultimately what course your, your life goes in, 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 you know, a similar vein. All right. Last question. If money showed up at your door and was a human, what would you want it to say to you? The immediate thought I had is I'm here and I'm not going away. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's it's you know for me personally, I'm a very visual person, and I think mm-hmm. this is where this part of uh, your emotions and your goals and your money, like really knowing yourself and knowing what motivates you. So for me, like continually looking at pictures or visuals of yeah. the things I really want, like over and over and over and you know daily basis, really yeah. helps kind of root into those things, and I think you know, that's what's just been so missing from the money piece, you know, even financial planners who create these, you know, amazing financial plans for people. I, yeah. I was one of them in my past, but there isn't, it's, 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 it's numbers and words on a piece of paper, you know, and there, there isn't that real heart tug for, for somebody to, to do something. And, you know, another myth that I want to just talk about for a minute and hopefully kind of blow this one out of, out of the water. You say that, uh, your behavior can actually have a greater impact on your financial health than your income level. And I think yep. for so many people that are maybe struggling financially or living paycheck to paycheck, that feels hard to believe yep. because the belief is, well, if I just make more money, like all of this will be so much yes. easier. 
tell, yep. tell us a little bit uh, about this, like this, this correlation there. Yeah. So it's a very common belief, uh, you know, when I have X, then everything will be better. Um, and, you know, sounds true, which is, I guess, why we all believe it. Uh, but the research, um, you know, shows that it's it's pretty inaccurate, right? There's this thing called the hedonic treadmill, yes. which a psychologist refer to, which is like, every time your income level goes up, you sort of just increase your lifestyle, you know, a little bit to match it or often a little bit more than, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to go buy that, you know, slightly nicer car, or, you know, I'm going to eat out more frequently. Yeah, I deserve now that I it, that. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's a very natural human thing to do. Uh, and then you also see this in, in lottery winners. You know, I don't know the exact, you know, stat, but it's something insane. Like 90% of lottery winners, like, you know, are, are broke within five years or, or spend all the money within, you know, some period after winning the lottery because they don't have these behaviors. And they think, oh, I'm now I'm set. Uh, conversely, there's lots of examples of, you know, folks that you would not considerly consider traditionally affluent, you know, teachers or, or um, you know, what have you that establish healthy behaviors early on. And then, you know, these things just compound over, over many years. Um, and so now to be clear, like getting more income, the ideal world would be you get more income and you have the healthy behaviors, yeah, right? right? And that's, so <laughs> I'm not saying that like more income is bad, you know, or, or whatever, uh, or it doesn't help. It certainly helps. I'm just saying that most humans, uh, you know, adjust pretty quickly, even though everyone thinks they, they won't. Uh, there's a lot of corollaries between physical health and physical fitness and, you know, financial health. Um, mm, really? And, you know, so we, we think about that a lot, right? Uh, and a, an example here might be a lot of us have probably done this, right? January comes along. It's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to like change everything. I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to get, you know, super fit, whatever. And then, you know, by February 1st, <laughs> that's all out the window. Yeah. You're eating a bag Where, of Doritos on the yeah, couch and like, exactly. oh, I'm not going to go for that walk. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you can establish like small behaviors that compound over time, like just say, okay, I'm going to walk every day, you know, for 10 minutes or, or something like that. Or, and then, you know, maybe that's 15 minutes and 20 minutes and so on and so forth. You know, research shows if you do that over a period of years, like you're in much better fitness level than people that, you know, run a marathon every three years or, or whatever, because the, the compounding effect and the consistency there, um, yeah, just compounds and grows over time across all, all different areas. Um, and it's the same, obviously, it's, we know this about investing, right? Doing like small investments over time, compounds and grows. Um, but it's the same with other aspects of your finances, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to start with putting 10 bucks a month, you know, towards my, you know, whatever house down payment goal. And then, and then the next, maybe I'm going to increase that, you know, to 30 bucks by the end of the year or, or whatever. And it sounds like a small amount, but if you do that over a few years, you know, pretty soon, you know, if you do the math, you've got tens of thousands of dollars, you know, stacked away. And um, so those are the kinds of things that where the, the compounding and the consistency is, is super important instead of having some kind of, you know, miraculous event, like a, a windfall or, or even a lottery, you know, win, but it's, um, yeah, it's this idea that doing the small things like day in and day out, you know, really, really compound and lead to major outcomes. 
yeah, kind of piggybacking on that, I want to talk a little bit about goals. I, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever had this problem, but I think most of the women probably listening to this can relate. If you've ever worn a necklace, right, and you've taken it off somewhere and you haven't, you know, put the clasp back together, the necklace just always gets knotted up. And then you spend, you know, countless minutes, mm-hmm. hours, like trying to untangle this thing. And for me, it usually involves a little bit of cursing and, you know, a whole a whole thing to get this untangled. But yeah. I see money goals a lot like a knotted necklace mm. where we have so many of them and we start down this path, kind of like what you were just talking about, about, you know, the new year. And then we get frustrated and we give up or we get lost and we, you know, metaphorically get tangled up in our goals. Yep. So how can we create a, a money system that helps us work, you know, towards these goals slowly and slowly, kind of step by step without getting overwhelmed in, you know, all the things we want to do and maybe the lack of progress that we're we're actually making towards those things. Yep. Yeah, it's a good question. I like that analogy uh as the guy that's always untangling my daughter's necklace. <laughs> you can really appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> Or sometimes just buying her a new chain because right. <laughs> I threw it's one way away. Easier, yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't way tell easier, her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, how um, yeah, how do we celebrate the consistency? I, I think we're we're thinking a lot about this at, at Monarch, right? And ideally, if you can see money as a game, it starts to feel you know a bit more fun, right? And so we're. I mentioned we're working on a new version of goals, and and this is something that we're thinking a lot about: is how do we celebrate that consistency and say, okay, it, it's not about how far I am from my you know house down payment or retirement or emergency fund or whatever, but it's celebrating you know the consistency of okay, I've made you know some small contribution every every week or every month, you know, and also uh, another. So that's part of it is like, how can we make it feel fun and, and celebrate the journey instead of the, the destination? Right. Um, so that's one piece of it. The other piece is taking the friction out of doing a lot of this stuff, right? So the more that you can put your money on autopilot to some degree of, of saying, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to route whatever, $50 from every paycheck into this other, you know, savings account or something like that so that you don't even see it. uh, And it just goes into that thing. Then it just kind of, you know, happens over time and you, you calibrate to the new income level and you don't really miss it. Whereas if you, you know, if you see that in your checking account and then you have to like decide, oh, I'm going to like move that 50 bucks over there or go, go spend it on Amazon. Yeah. You know, you have this, uh, again, you know, the monkey gets in the way. Yeah. It's hard to push that button. You up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, I, I'm curious, like, do you have any research behind, you know, behind goals, like specifically, like why goals are this thing that always, you know, eludes us? Is it that we set too big of goals. And then, you know, it's just um, difficult to to keep motivated towards those goals. Are we just not great at setting um, goals and and, and really attaching that emotional piece to them? Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot that's been written about this. I think, you know, none that I can cite here, you know, with stats, but I think it, it boils down to, you know, it's the challenge of like, sort of, focusing on your future self versus, you know, your, your current self. Right. And, and there's a lot of 
you know, people have said oh, all of human suffering boils down to like, you know, living, optimizing like your short term happiness over your, your long term, you know, happiness. Um, and, you know, that's again, not to say that we should all be uh, misers and, and, you know, <laughs> not doing anything in the moment. But I do think there's an aspect of, of just having a plan and being intentional and say, and I think that's a, a big part of it is saying, okay, first I'm going to be intentional. I want to get clear about what I want and why. And I think, as we said, the why is often more important perhaps than the what, and then, and then have some plan of like, okay, now I'm going to, you know, move in this direction and celebrate, you know, the small steps towards getting there. Um, you know, what we see with, financial goals in particular, like often why it's so challenging is, it sounds kind of surprising, but oftentimes people just don't know what they want, you know, or or what they should want, where they're like, okay, I know I want more money. And it's like, well, why? And they, you know, it's, it's often a hard question to answer. It's like, well, and if you get to the root of it, it's like, well, I want, I maybe want security. I want safety. I want, you know, my kids to have more opportunities maybe than I had growing up. Like, and, and as you start to think through this stuff, it starts to become a lot more clear, like what your why is. And then it gets, it gets much more motivating for people. Um, and I think, you know, as a CFP, I think great planners will do, you know, they'll get to that underlying mm-hmm. emotional right, stuff. Right. It's not just, it's not just, Oh, I want a bigger house. It's like, okay, what, what does a bigger house mean to you? You know, what is that? What will that provide? Um, and and sometimes people say, actually, a bigger house would be a pain in the ass. I don't, you know, <laughs> right? I don't want to. I actually I don't, don't want, want that. that yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, thanks for helping. <laughs> you know, I want to go live in Hawaii two months a year right. or whatever. Then it's like, okay, great. You know, and and I, I often encourage people to think through like, where does your like emotional resonance jump? You know, like what do you get excited about? And if you have that energy behind something, um, it's just a lot more you know, it's a lot more motivating, especially if you can stay attached to that. I know you co-founded Monarch, I believe in 2018, and you worked for a while at Mint, which is very fascinating. We all know Mint yep. has gone gone bye-bye <laughs> for the most Soon, part, yes. for the most part, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> right. And uh, left a lot of people kind of high and dry. But tell me a little bit about how did you get into, you know, this career of, of helping people with, with budgeting and, and, and their spending plans. And I'm curious what, you know, kind of excites you about this. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I've been kind of a lifelong entrepreneur. And um, as an entrepreneur, you go through major periods where there's no income, you know, you're not taking a salary. Um, and it's, you know, quite the like financial roller coaster. I had have three kids and we were living in the Bay area, which is, you know, not cheap. And so go, you know, as a family of five, um, living in the Bay area with no income, uh, for long periods. Doesn't work very well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like, we got down to uh bare metal, you know, a lot, many times, which is pretty stressful. So I was like super rigorous about tracking everything. And I was like many people, I was using a spreadsheet, um, and, you know, I had tried Quicken and stuff like that in the past, but I found I, you know, spreadsheet was better for me. And then when Mint came along, um, I saw an early version of it before it had launched. And I, I reached out to them and said, hey, I've been doing this myself for many years. I'd love to, you know, chat with you guys. And they they hired me as their first product manager. Um, 
And so what we saw with Mint was people loved having all their financial information in one place, but then the immediate question was kind of, okay, now what? You right. know, like yes. what what yes. comes next? What do I do? You know, how it's great to see what happened in the past, which is kind of, you know, tracking or budgeting, but I need help knowing what to do next and so on and so forth. And, you know, as you know, that's kind of the the planning use case. Um, but historically, most um you know, most planners didn't want clients that that didn't generate a certain, you know, often five thousand dollars or more per year in, in fees, which kind of priced out about eighty percent of the U.S. population. Seriously, yes. And so, we always felt, okay, this is the obvious next step to go beyond budgeting and help people do planning and think about the future, not just what happened in the past. So that's why we why we launched Monarch. Um, you know, I'd say we're just. Even though we're five years into this, um, feels like we're we're just getting started. You know, we we've we now have like the tracking stuff pretty well built out, but we have a lot more work to do on planning. Um, and and that was kind of our focus. And then of course, Mint announced they were shutting down, and um, you know, we've been very lucky to get a, a lot of that Mint overflow. But we've also been scrambling to you know keep those folks happy and add some of the features. Um, that people liked in Mint that you know Monarch didn't have yet. So interesting. I I want to know too. What do you think the future with with AI kind of coming on the forefront and AI being like a central piece of a lot of a lot of different just apps in general? How yeah. how is that going to change you know money based apps? Yeah, it's a good question. We we've experimented with AI. We have like AI integrated into Monarch today in a beta capacity. Um, what we found is it's not the current AI models shockingly are not very good at math. They're great. You know, if you wanted, if you wanted to write a poem, uh, about your money, like it's awesome. Uh, (laughs) but if you, if you wanted to like actually do math, it's not so good. Uh, the newer models that are coming out are, are much better around that. So we expect like a big leap forward. The whole space is advancing extremely rapidly. Um, so it's obvious that AI is going to play some critical role, I think, in helping people surface opportunities and whatnot. I think everybody acknowledges that. Um, you know, to be totally candid, we initially thought software and AI would replace a lot of the humans, you know, in this in this space. And we're now kind of backtracking on that. And what we've realized as we've been talking about a lot of your money stuff is is emotional in nature, you know. Thousand percent. And, yep. And so what we find is like actually having humans in the loop is way more effective um just because you have someone else that can kind of whatever, call you on your you know your monkey patterns or they can ask you the hard questions or they can, you know, help you see things through a different lens. Um and so I believe the future here, and this is what we're trying to build with Monarch, is um, you know you have better tools and data, so you a you kind of know, everyone knows where you stand, um, and then you know we want the platform is kind of collaborative, and so you a can collaborate with your partner and get aligned on your goals, um, and then b you have access to humans if and when you need them. You know that might be oh I have a tax question. Um, you know, can you, can you answer or help me, you know, understand this particular tax situation or whatever, or an investment question. And then you could bring in, you know, the right 
the right human professional for those kinds of things as needed. And then AI will ultimately serve just to make everyone, you know, more efficient. And so, you know, today, like a, a CFP can only handle so many clients for sure. just because there's there's so much, you know, overhead and, and whatnot. But if you have all the data in one place and you have AI like surfacing a bunch of the suggestions and then, you know, the human can decide, uh, okay, I'm going, yes, I'm going to reach out to this client and, you know, advise him or her to to do this thing. Um, I don't know. Our, our, that's our belief. That's kind of the best outcome. And again, the analogy we use is it's kind of like uh, going to the gym. Yes, you can use software and do it yourself if you're super motivated. But if you have a trainer there, um, you know, he or she is going to keep you more motivated and hold you accountable. And just knowing that like, oh, I'm going to show up because my trainer is showing up, uh, you know, helps you to to be consistent. So that's kind of how we're we're thinking about the the role of these three things of you know humans AI and and some of the underlying tools we're building. Well, here on everyone's talking money, I I love leaving everyone listening with a takeaway or two about what you think we should be talking about when it comes to our behaviors and and creating spending plans. Like if we if we don't remember anything else from this conversation, what are a couple things you want us to really just sort of cement home? Yeah, I would. We've touched a lot on on the emotional piece of of money, and I you know I'd encourage I think as an industry, and we need to acknowledge like okay, that's like the iceberg below the surface, <laughs> and and to really think about okay, what are a get clear on what you're doing, and you can use a, a tool like Monarch or, or spreadsheets or other other tools to get that, and then again approach it without without judgment, you know, instead of beating yourself up of like, oh my God, you know, why do I keep going to Starbucks or, or whatever? It's it's just think of it again through this anthropologist lens of like, oh, that's interesting. Like what, you know, what do I feel when I go to Starbucks? Um, you know, what need is that serving in my life? And, you know, the answer may be like, that's totally worth it. And it's something I enjoy. And 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 now I'm I'm going to be intentional about going to Starbucks every morning. Um, and then you don't feel guilty about it, you know, and it's like, and I think that's the big shift is how do you change from being like reactive with money to being like intentional with your money? Um, and it puts you in this, in the seat of control and you're kind of the driver now instead of, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm the victim or, or the passenger in, in this like scary, you know, car that is my finances, if you will. Ooh, I, I've really been thinking about this idea of emotionally attaching to your goals. As I mentioned in the conversation with Val, I like to print out pictures of my goals because I'm just somebody who needs a constant reminder of what I really want in life versus what I think I want in that particular moment. So adapt this however works for you, but figure out how to connect to your goals. Let Just try it for the rest of the month. And if that feels too big to you, just try it for the, the rest of the week. See if, like Val says, you can change your money behaviors in the process of just becoming more emotionally attached to your goals. If you want to learn more about Monarch, listeners of the show again will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. I will have all the links in the show notes as well as the episode sponsors who make this show possible. So head on over to the show notes, give them some love. As always, if you haven't done so already, I would be so honored if just like my top supporters of the show, if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts 
leave a review of the show. I will have the link right in the show notes to make it really easy for you. Let me know, what did you think of this episode? How how does this idea of emotionally connecting to your goals, how does this work for you? Let me know. All right, I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. (music) 